Uh, we'll be in uh, Matthew chapter 13 today. Matthew chapter 13. Uh, turn there with me. Talking about the parable of the sower again. So, excited about that. Going to look at it in a, a different light. I know we've done, you say, well, we've done, went over the parable of the sower, but we're going to look at it in a little bit different aspect today. I didn't see this, uh, or uh, I hadn't seen this before up until I got studying it out this uh, this time. So we'll get there. It'll be uh, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, we'll just uh, start with verse 1, but then we'll go from there and see what, what happens. So. Uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you extra special blessing over this message today, over this congregation today, Lord. For as your word says, we are blessed. We are blessed for we have eyes to see and we have ears to hear and we have a heart that understands uh, the word of God and we have the spirit of God living in us. And you know what? There are people out there that want what we have. Uh, it's, the Bible says that there are people uh, that don't have ears to hear and they don't have eyes to see and their ears don't understand yet. But they have the opportunity and the capability, but they don't understand yet. But he says, blessed are you, blessed are me, blessed are us uh, who hear the word of God and see the word of God and have a heart to understand. So Lord, whatever the spirit wants to speak to the church today, Lord, let it penetrate her eyes and her ears that it would get into her hearts and pass all reasoning and understanding and would build faith. For truly faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Lord, we're going to preach the word of God today. We're going to receive the word of God today. And we're going to know that it is for us today. And we ask you to bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. For the word of God, there is no seed wasted. No seed wasted with the word of God. No seed wasted. He doesn't waste his time. He doesn't waste his efforts. He doesn't waste the plan and the process that he has for all of us. He doesn't waste that. And you know, last time we talked about uh, in the parable of the sower, uh, and we just I just brought out the gospel message, the plan of salvation, for it is the most critical uh, message that we have as Christians. It is the most... Uh, critical message to point that we can get across and and Jesus here he says in 13 1 the same day Jesus went out of the house he sat at the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together around him and he went into a ship and he rode out uh, he went into a ship and he sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore and he spoke to them in parables something that would come alongside their life that would give them uh, meaning and then I brought out this verse and I've got to bring it out uh, again. And we talked about this uh, last week. And I'm going to read it because it's so critical. It's Romans 10. Uh, I should have had it marked, but I don't. Yes, it, yes, I did. Uh, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes in him should not be ashamed. And there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. He's the same Lord. He's the same Lord over all unto the rich and all that call upon his name. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and how can they call upon the name of the Lord if they never heard the gospel message? If nobody ever brought them the truth, if nobody ever told them about Jesus, if nobody ever preached the gospel, it says that in the next verse, how can they believe in whom they've never heard of? And how can they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace and the good tidings. And so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now last week, uh, last time we were together, we talked about the sower. And he says, as he spoke these things, behold, a sower went out. And I can see him out in the boat and he probably looks, but I was uh, looking over some things and I didn't really realize that the Sea of Galilee was a freshwater sea. Uh, but it, that's beside the point. And he probably rolls out and he probably looked and he's looking at the agriculture and this is probably an actual event that is taking place. That there is an actual farmer out sowing seed. And he says, behold, a sower uh, went out to sow. And when he sowed some seeds, fell out of the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them. And some fell upon the stony places where they had not much earth. And they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. Earth, And when the sun was came up, it scorched them. And because they had no root, they withered away and, and fell away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them out. But others fell into good ground and brought forth some hundred, some sixty, and some thirty-fold. Whoever has an ear, uh, let him hear. And we shared the gospel because that is the most critical, that is the best message uh, that the church has to offer anybody is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It offers forgiveness. It offers hope, eternal life, salvation. There's peace in the gospel. There's purpose for your life that's found in the gospel. There is a power of something liberating uh, that just sets a person free when he feels the love of God. You remember we talked about that a little bit? There's a difference in feeling something on you and being filled with something that's in you. And when you are filled with that Holy Spirit that's in you, it puts a feeling over you that you are... You can do all things in Christ. And, and, and when he sets you free, you are truly uh, free indeed. And the good news is, is that the gospel comes to all people. The, whoever, whosoever is called upon the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. That's the good news of the gospel. And we offered that hope last Sunday or Sunday before. We offered that hope of the gospel that Jesus Christ came, lived, died, overcome death, hell, and grave so that we may have life and have life more abundantly. And you can call on the name of the Lord. He is faithful and just. His blood cleanses all unrighteousness and you shall be saved. And we also offered some certainty in an uncertain world. We talked about as a new beginning, it's 2022, a fresh start. Uh, let's get in gear. Let's get going. Let's get moving. Let's get after it. Uh, Brother Otis is offering us a reading plan through the Bible through a year. Uh, let's get in our Bible. Let's get in the Word of God. I heard Joy say this morning that everything I need's in here. And we can get in this Word of God. And we offer that, that in life's uncertain times, we offer here at Pine Forest certainty. Hearing God's Word, certainty. Hearing uh, in the preaching and the message as we come together, uh, uh, we offer hope peace, and certainty in this uncertain times of 2022. And we talked about that a little bit. We also talked last week, uh, we also talked about we have a place to serve. If you're looking for a place to serve, to do your uh, no-fold, 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold, Pine Forest, we have a place for you. We are welcoming you into uh, come alongside of us and let us come alongside of you and, and let us see what God's got planned for you and what gifts and callings He's wanting to do in your life. 
Uh, I'm certainly, we certainly welcome you into this because your gift and callings united with our gifts and callings. It, how can I say that he don't need the hand because he's not? We need one another as the body of Christ and we complement each other well. If, if, if I don't have the feet, I can't go. If you don't have the mouth, who can hear? And who, blessed are the feet of those who carry the gospel. Blessed is the mouth that preaches the gospel. Blessed is the one who cleans the church. Blessed is the one who comes to church. Blessed is the one who gives to the church. Blessed is the one who loves the Lord. Blessed is the one who loved. And he said, let it be said that I was glad when they said, let us come to the house of the Lord. And so we, we, we offer a place to serve. We offer that at Pine Forest. Uh, if, if you feel that, know that these altars are open. Know that we love you and we care about you. And know that we welcome you. And, and all this we offered in the parable of the sower. All of this. And then we showed uh, that the, that's the good news. The good news. The, but the reality is, is that all that is sowed, all that is sowed, and the fowl comes and steals some of it away. And then there were some that there were some that left here, and they felt better about how they felt. They felt better about the situation that they was going through. They felt like they had an answer from the Lord. They felt like they had heard a word from the Lord. And they went out that next week, and they felt good. And they was doing some things, and they read some things, and they did some things. And then we didn't have service next Sunday, and we we went through some more. And you know what? That one, three, four, five days of feeling good, uh, minus a Sunday of of encouragement and uplifting and then that's Monday they were battling the same thing over again Tuesday you're battling the same thing and you find yourself right back where you was and scripture says that and they found joy and they were glad and they sprung forth and they fixed their tie and they walked out the door and said I can do anything I can handle anything and the cares of this world choked them out and you know it said that the sun scorched them but you know what the sun shines on me and it shines on you, and it shines on you, and it scorches me just like it scorches you. Well, what causes one to wither and one to flourish? And he says, the parable says, and they withered away. And they withered away. And then we offer these, and then some of it gets mixed in life. Some of it, some of it just goes, you know, and, and they can leave here the same way that they came in. And they walk out and it gets mixed in. And then some of it falls on good ground. And we see them. They come, and I'm not saying you got to come to the altar to get good ground. I'm just saying that uh, there was a certain someone in the congregation that came to the altar. And I feel that she got her breakthrough. I feel that that, that something. She, she talked to me after the service and she said, I don't care if anybody else in there heard anything else in there today. You preach to me, and I thank you, and I feel that I got what I needed from the Lord. And it fell on good ground, and, and I believe she's standing on that good ground. And I believe she's standing on that good ground. And that's just the reality of the parable of the sower. So when he throws out to the multitude, he looks out and he says, you know what, a sower went out, and some of you, some of you is not going to hear it. Some of you is not going to understand it. Some of you is going to hear it, and the enemy is going to come in just like he always does. And he's going to rob it from you. And some of you is going to get a false sense of security and feel like that you can take on the world and the world's going to take you out. Not literally, but out of your spirit, out of, out of that place I brought you to. And then some of you are going to try to uh, are going to go back into the world and you're going to you're going to do your best and you're going to mean your well 
but it's just not going to happen. But some of you are going to find that good ground and it's going to spring up. So that tells me that out of one out of four, it's not real good. Not real good odds. One out of four is not real good. Not real good odds. But that's the parable of the sower. And he's out and he's talking to a diverse group in a multitude. And I'm setting this up. We're getting into our message. Uh, and he says, so these, uh, his 12 come to him. And we'll skip on down to uh, chapter 13, verse uh, 10. And disciples came to him and said, why are you speaking parables? And he says, well, I'm speaking in parables because you've got ears to hear. You've got eyes to see. And you've got a heart to understand. And people want what you've got. Prophets have begged for it. Prophet, uh, kings have desired it. But I've given you something to know that the world wants. And a lot of times that's what happens when a, when a, a young Christian, and I wasn't even going to say this, but when someone gets converted and the gospel and the, and the, and the power of God changes their life and they, and, and they begin to bear fruit and they pick up their fruit and they, they're so proud of it and they're, they're, they're doing stuff for the Lord and they got it in their hand they say, and they run out to the, to, to the place and say, look what I've got and they come before a congregation that's been doing this for years. And they didn't realize that they could have been doing this for years. Just like we are. And we're not looking down on you because you hadn't been doing this for years. We're just saying that this has always worked. Logic don't... It, it, uh, you try to figure it out your way, but you run into a congregation and then you realize that we've been doing this all along. We've been doing this all along. And he says people want, uh, want what you have. But then they say, well, why do you talk to us in parables? And then he goes from the multitude, and we'll look at this. We're going to start today in verse 18. He goes from preaching to the multitude to the twelve. It's almost like being at a, a revival or a, 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 a Billy Graham-like crusade thing and preaching to the stadium and then turning around and preaching to the staff. And right here he's preaching to the staff. He says, listen, this is, this is personal. He says, and, and that's where we're at today. This is not to the lost. This is to the church. Church, hear you the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in the heart, this which was seed by the wayside. But he that receives the seed in the stony place, the same is he that heareth the word. And anon, which means immediately or soon, with joy he receives it. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, for when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, then he's, he's offended. But he also received seed among the thorns. And this is he who heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, understands it, and also bears fruit, bringing forth some hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. So he's preaching now to to his congregation because you can remember remember now there is a difference in, in, the, in, in these two verses and I'm going to go back to Romans 10 real quick and then we're going to we're going to talk about these four soils again because remember a one out of four conversion rate ain't, ain't, ain't good enough for us that, that's, that's two that, uh, one out of four ain't, ain't happening 
shouldn't happen. shouldn't be that way. I ain't saying it, it, it won't be that way. I'm saying it shouldn't be that way. Because if you confess with your mouth, the Lord will save you. Romans 10. Scripture says whoever believes and not a saying, there's no difference in anybody. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he goes on to say, but how can they call on him if they've never heard about him? And how can they believe on him who they've never heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings and good news. So now, hear you, church, the parable of the sower. So he turns his attention from the multitude to the church. And those who heard the first message heard this. Who, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But remember, some of you will hear it and you won't understand it and you can't get it because the enemy's going to steal it. Some of you can hear it, can understand a little bit. You might or may not get it. It just depends on how it goes when you go back out into the world. Some of you hear that you can be saved and that Jesus is the only way and you go back out and the cares of this world make you forget that you got it. And then some of you hear that you can be saved and it's in good ground and you come back Sunday and you come back Sunday and you get in the Word and you get in the Word and you grow 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 and that's the one out of four that gets the true good ground conversion. So there was those, there were those that heard that message. Some fell on the wayside and immediately it was trampled and around. And many are out there today and they recognize this rejection, this hard path, this wore out path, this well beaten path, and they watch people go by and they watch people go by and they hear the good news of the gospel and they see you living out the good news of the gospel. And the bad thing about this is, is a lot of people step over, on, and around those people getting where they're going. Because we're all in the path and we climb over and here you are you're waiting on your blessing you're waiting on your turn while you're envious and mad because they're getting this and they're getting that and they're going on with the Lord when is it my if you ever ask God when is it my turn God why is it my turn God and we see that these these people exist these people are out there and every time, and I know that these people exist because listen and see if this brings a bell but every time that I try to get in the water, Lord, someone steps in front of me. Every time the angel steers the water, Lord, and I, I, I climb a little bit farther to get where I'm going, another steps in front of me. Jesus dealt with the same thing that we go through. Every time I get ready for something, something comes in and steals it. Every time I hear something good in my life, something bad in my life makes it not better. It makes me bitter. It makes me angry. It makes me wonder. It makes me worry. And you remember I made the analogy, and if some of y'all wouldn't hear, I'll make it again. And the fowls of the air came, and they stole it. And you, and the, you see the seed on the ground, and you wonder why God's feeding the birds. But God is not feeding the birds. God is placing seed in your life because it's not to feed the birds. It's to make you free. It's to free the captive. It's to free the sinner. And He's brought this into our lives. Not to make you bitter, but to make you better. God doesn't waste His time. He is not uh, making this, doing this to make you mad. God is not doing anything to not do anything about it. But God is not feeding the foul. He is giving you freedom. Because He knows you're hurt. 
He knows you need help. You know what? He knows that we hurt, so He sows love. He knows we need help and we're tired, so He sows rest. He knows that you've been neglected, so He offers Himself. And we worry about who's went by, who stepped on, and who's trampled us when He's there the whole time trying to get you up, trying to get you up. And He's saying, just like to the man trying to get in the pool, will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? And He throws another seed. And He casts another seed. And the seed has been sown before. And you know what? The seed has been stolen before. It's been stolen by relationships. It's been stolen by other things in your life. Someone always has stepped before me. But now, again, I know I got off on the tangent. This sower seed right here is not to the multitude. This is to the church. Not this time. Not this time. This seed is not going by the wayside this time. This seed is not getting stolen by the fowl this time. Church, you got to recognize that the wayside is part of the field too. It's part of the field too. It's never been seen as part of the field by anybody else but someone who recognized that the harvest is white and that the harvest is plenty and that the harvest is few. And it's time to harvest those. And he says, this is the wayside. And when us church Christian people see the wayside not as any other spot, but as a spot in the field. The people in the wayside are a part of the field. And when you see the seed fall on the wayside, you know what you and you don't ride it off. You don't watch it get trampled. You know what you do? You go and you plow it immediately. You plow that seed. That seed has to be turned under immediately because if that seed lays there too long, people trample it and the fowls of the air will come and steal it. So you come alongside those people. You don't get in their business. You don't tell them what they should and shouldn't do. You don't condemn them to do it and, and tell them that they... You just got to be there. You got to be there to shoo the fowl off. You got to be there to make sure that that seed, because there's no place to, there ain't no place too hard. There ain't no place too hard for the Word of God. It is quick and powerful and stronger than any two-edged sword, and it will go in and penetrate every part. And if it'll penetrate every part of this hard heart, it'll penetrate every part of that hard heart, and it'll grow up and it'll flourish. And it'll bring results, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. But it won't do it if you just tell somebody that they can be saved. you got to tell them that they can be saved, plant that seed, and then thoughtfully and carefully, you got to plow that seed under and let it. Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. He Gives the increase. You got to do this thoughtfully and carefully because you know what? You'll harden their heart too. Well, you won't never do this, not doing what you're doing. I don't want to hear that. They've heard that all their life. Well, you can't do this, but you don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear the legalistic reasons why they can't be a Christian. They want to know that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and that I can't clean you up and he can't. They ain't looking for the guy with the prow. They're looking for the gardener. That's who you're looking for. The guy at the farmer's market with the plow ain't the one you buy from. It's the one that owns the field. That's who I'm looking for. Anyway, moving right along. Moving right along. So immediately before the fowls can take it, 
thoughtfully and carefully plow this seed under. Plow this seed under until they realize. And you know what makes them welcome you in? Because they don't like you either. Because they've been stepped on by people like you before. When they realize that you've been in the wayside and that you was on some hard ground yourself, and that had somebody not come and plowed that word under in your life, you never would have took hope, never would have sprouted to, until they see another wayside, because we can get along with people who we get along with because we go through like things, we go through like dramas. We, well, that's why they have uh, shared care grief groups, and AA groups, and NA groups, and grief groups, and uh, single parent groups, because people with like calamities have like issues, and they have like lights. So they get along well. So a wayside Christian can spot a wayside Christian. Because, and remember, they can be saved, but how can they know it? If you don't tell them. If you don't show them. There we go with that Romans again. Did you? And, and if you're on that wayside, did you ever stop to consider, had he let you go with him, it could have killed you? Had he had, had you had had, it, had somebody other than Jesus helped the man into the pool, he might not have been in the pool at the time Jesus came by, and he might not have never met Jesus. He might have just had a pool of shalom experience, went on about his way, became a tax collector, and who knows what he would have done. But because everybody stepped on him and trampled over him and walked around him and wouldn't have anything to do with him, he got to meet Jesus. He got to meet Jesus personally. I bet you there's a hundred people that went in that pool and got healed before him that would have loved to say, I met Jesus, not an angel that troubled and steered the water. So don't ever think that Jesus don't know what you're going through. He just knows that some people wouldn't be good for you. Some things in your life wouldn't meant for you. You might have been on the same path when something came along in your life that wasn't meant for you. Church, the danger that we find in the wayside is you cannot delay the plow. If you delay the plow, the fowls will get it. If you delay the plow, the, 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 be, the seed will be trampled. You cannot delay the plow. And then he says there's rocky ground. And you know what? I was looking at uh, the terrain because I said, well, you got to get those out. Well, it ain't like over at my house. It's like over at Bald Rock. And over where they was at, these are stone, these are stones. These are reasonably well. It is kind of like the house if you go up on the hill, not down there by the creek. Some rocks you cast out. Some of them you can't even move. Some of them you can't move. You know what those do? Those hold their ground. Those keep it from eroding. They keep it from washing away. Church, this soil takes a little longer to work takes longer to work at rocky ground. Long time. This soil's hard. It's, it's, it's rough. These are hard places in people's life. The longer you live, the more you have. Be careful. Because hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. You got to be careful when you soil it, when you when you plow this rocky ground. But there's seed there too. When he throws seed, it throws on the wayside because that's part of the field. 
It gets thrown into the cracks and the crevices of the rocks because that's part of the field. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He didn't make some of you to go to hell and some of you to go to heaven, some of you to hear and some of you not to hear. He said, blessed are you that you hear. Blessed are you that you hear. Everybody hasn't heard and everybody hasn't understood, but thank God I'm leaving you here that have heard and do understand so that you can tell those who haven't heard and don't understand so all can hear and all can understand. None be perished. Rocky places. These are some hard places. And there's seed there as well. Seeds of hope. Seeds of comfort. Seeds of peace. Remember, wherever we see seed, we see an opportunity. We see an opportunity for a harvest. But these places, these, these places, these places stop you in your tracks. When you plow and eat, you know when you hit a hard place in your life. You know, and you know what? You know what other people do too. Don't you care? Where was you at when I was going through? I, 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 I asked a lady a couple weeks ago, you need anything? And immediately the spirit of the Lord said, well, you, you know she does. What do you ask her that for? Won't you just do it? She's not going to tell you yes. She's going to say, no, I'm good. You know they need something. These places stop you in your tracks, these stony grounds. So you gotta, you know what you need to do? You gotta reach down there and you gotta pull that pin and you gotta set that plow just a little bit deeper. You gotta set that plow a little bit deeper. That seed's gotta go. It says that the seed stayed on top of the ground and it was scorched. And when the sun came up, when the tribulations and trials of life came up, it scorched it and it withered away and it died. When you see you got to plow these fields a little bit deeper, help give that seed some depth. Give that seed some meaning. Give that seed some foundation and some root. You got to be the example in your life. You may have to do that. It's a little bit of explanation in your life. You may have to call them on a Tuesday and ask them just how they're doing. And you may have to ask them if they got any questions about the sermon that they heard or, or is there anything that we can go. You got to go through this. You got to plow this field carefully and clearly because you'll break the plow on the rocks. And you know what happens though when you do that? When you ask how you doing? Everything okay? How'd you enjoy the service? What'd you think about this? You begin to uncover other rocks. The more you plow the more comes up. The more comes up. I'm not talking about gossip. I'm not talking about being nosy. I'm not talking about plastering their whole history on Facebook. I'm talking about genuine Christian concern and love for those that you know that are going through some struggles and you can't just like I did call and say, well, if you need anything, just let me know. No, you got to figure it out. What? Listen to them. See what they're going through and realize, well, they don't have time for this and they don't have time for that. I'll bring them some supper. I'll bring them some lunch. I'll pray for them and I'll do this and I'm not wishing for anything in return but to know that they don't have to get up and do it because they're too busy. Because they're too busy. But it doesn't, just because you uncover more rocks don't mean you can't plow there. It means you may need some help. It may be beyond your gifting and calling to help some of these. Because I can't fix everyone. Matter of fact, I'll probably call some of them. You can't fix everybody. 
And when you feel like that you can fix everybody, then you put the weight on your shoulders. And you know what usually happens? You get burnt. You you get burnt out. You get you get you find yourself going through, or usually you fix your house and seven more come in as stronger than they was, and mess it all up. I can give you an example of this in my own life. Uh, Ten years ago, eleven years ago, Amanda's mother passed away, and I realized we was in church, and I realized the seriousness of Christianity. I wasn't near the uh, mature as I am now, but I realized that they, you know this is a real deal and this is really serious. That her eternity was secure, everything was fine, everything was good, but I just realized the seriousness of eternal life, of a life in Christ. Couple, several years later, then Papa comes into the picture and then he gets sick. And you know what? I pray the Lord and, and uh, the Lord tells me, he said, your, your grandfather will not pass away until he hears you preach. He will not die until he hears you preach. So I put it off. And I didn't preach. And every time they'd ask me to preach, I'd say, oh, I ain't preaching, I ain't preaching. And I did that for years. Hitting a rock. Hitting a rock. No, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to preach. And I finally, I did. And I got pictures. He came and Nanny came and the bench was full. And, and I got to preach and he heard me preach and he heard me preach again and he heard me preach again and, and he heard me preach. And then the Lord fulfilled his promise. And he took him on to be with the Lord. And then uh, I, I was uh, come up, my aunt died, and uh, my cousin died, and I came up there and I said, they said, listen, Jeff, you did such a great job, Papa, will you please do her service? And I said, no. Not called to this, can't do this. We were too close, I can't do it. Left there, got to the end of the driveway, and the Lord said, you got to. Turned around, went back up there, I said, I'll do it. And I came back down, and I did that. And then along comes a couple more. But anyway, to get to make this a little bit though. So then, Mama gets sick, and I beg him. I said, Lord, don't, uh, don't let her pass until she sees me in a church. And that's what she said. Oh, I'll see you preaching in a church. I know you got a church. I'll see you in a church. And I begged him, don't let her pass till, till, uh, till she sees me in a pulpit and a church, pastor in a church. So I went to school for three years. <laughs> Bought me some time, but he didn't say okay. I did. Went to school. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Put it off. Put it off. Waiting on a certificate was a rock. Waiting on a broken promise was a rock. And that didn't happen either. But it's there. And, and she went on and passed away before I got to be here today. But I realized that's when I realized that this is what the Lord called me to do. That this is what the Lord called me to do. I kept hitting every rock along the way. And he kept reminding me at every one that I put these here to hold the ground. I put these here to give boundaries. I put these here not to put off what God's called you to do, but to remind. These are stepping stones, not stumbling blocks. I put these here for you to put you into position and uh, to where you need to be. So I say that to say that. Remember, we got to set the depth to the plow. We can't do it on our own. We need some help. These rocks are huge. These seeds are tough. These are hard places. These are tragic places. These are bitter places. Get through a mama's funeral. Now y'all heard this the other day. Denise says, "Okay, so son, what you gonna do now? You need to, you got your church." I said, "Well, I guess I'm gonna preach. I guess I'm gonna preach." 
And then so I, I get home and Amanda reminds me. Well, you know what you told Denise? Yeah, I know, I know. This is in April. We, we come here in August, uh, September, uh, August. Uh, Nanny, son, you go, what you gonna do now? You, you gonna have to get back in church. Y'all can't, y'all can't just not be in church. And the Lord, and then the Lord. Well, if you can preach your mama's funeral, you can do, you can preach, you can minister to anybody. If you can preach your mama's funeral, you can minister to anybody. Amanda standing right beside me says, you know what? If you can preach your mama's funeral, you can preach to just about anybody. Because he speaks to you and your he speaks to you and your spouse at separate times. The same message. And and, 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 and he said it, she said it. Moving right along. Amanda beside me. If you can do mama's funeral, you can do anything. Some things happen here. Brother Chris calls Joey. Joey says, I got a guy. I know a guy. Amen. I know a guy. So Joey, he gives Chris his number, my number. And then Joey calls me and says, hey, listen, before I give your number to Chris, uh, I want you to know if it's okay if I give you your number to Chris. He's at Pine Forest. And I said, well, let me pray about it. He said, well, I don't give it to him. <laughs> he said, well, I said, well, okay. Well, let, okay. So, so Chris calls Joey. He get pushing that plow. Remember when I'm plowing by herself, Joey calls Jeff. Nanny's done said, what you gonna do, son? The Lord said, what you gonna do, son? Chris calls Joey. Joey calls Jeff. Jeff tells Amanda, Pine Forest wants somebody to fill in. Fill in, that's all. Grayson said, oh, we're gonna change the churches? 13 years old, he's plowing too. Jeff calls on the Lord. Jeff calls Chris. Joey calls Jeff. Nanny calls Jeff. The enemy says, you can't do it. You've never pastored before. You've never done this before. You're not strong enough. You're not equipped enough. You're not qualified enough. We're going anyway. May be. May not be. We preached that Sunday. Enemy says, see, I told you. I told you. You're not qualified. You're not good. Chris calls Jeff. Hey, will you come next Sunday? I said, I will. We come back that Sunday, went home, it's a true story. Went home that Sunday evening and said, listen, that's it. Man said, I, I feel the same way. She said, I have that discernment that today's the last day that, that this would be, that they wanted you to come over. Chris calls, hey, will you consider being the interim? He's still plowing, plowing together. Plow more, plow more. Nanny calls, well, you're going to do it. And Joey calls, well, you got to help them, don't you? Nanny calls, well, you're going to do it. And Amanda says, you got to help them, don't you? Chris, he's a great insurance. I mean, he's spot on. He, you're going to do it, ain't you? Me and him did this about four times across the table. No, yeah, yeah, don't you think? No. And he called, and, and uh, he, he, if anybody knows how to plow deep, that man right there, he didn't push me, he didn't beg me. He reminded me what was in me. He encouraged me just to come and try because he seen something in me that other people, that I didn't see myself. That I didn't see myself. I saw a rock that was stopping me from everything that I had ever wanted to do or that he had ever wanted me to do. And these seven or eight people plowed and planted around that rock and it sprung forth life. And it sprung forth life. And you know, and I'm going to show you what happened. 
And I'll remind him real quickly and we'll move right along. And just in first, well, I got it right here. And the first Peter 1.24. They realize something that I now realize. That the grass withers and the flower fades. But what God's called in your life will endure forever. Amen. It'll spring up wherever he sows the seed. It will grow. Pine forest, don't give up on them. You didn't give up on me. You didn't even know me. I'm not rebuking this church. I'm commending this church. Y'all plowed, y'all plowed deep with me. Y'all didn't give up on me. And we're not going to give up on them. And then there's some thorny places. And you know what? And we're, we're going to close with this. And these are the corners of the field. Have you ever noticed in your yard, well, maybe not with Chris because he got them a good, good more now, but uh, have you ever noticed that throughout the years, your yard gets smaller in some cases? That you, you, you know, you don't cut the corners. You, you cut corners. You don't cut the corners. You cut corners. And the uh, two acres you used to cut gets to about an acre and a half. And the five-acre garden that you used to have is now just a few little squashes and okra and a couple of tomato plants. Have you noticed that your the size of the garden gets a little bit smaller throughout time? And that's what this field's talking about. When you walk up on this field, the field is still there, but what used to be a nice symmetrical cornered field now has, it's almost like the sign out here. Uh, if you've noticed, uh, there's some, it's, it's cut an angle right there. I noticed the other day, it's cut an angle right there, but right before the sign, there's one spot that had a stump or something in it, and they don't cut it, and the thorns and the thistles grow up because it's just a little bit too hard to manage. It's just a little bit beyond the capability of, and so it's really a, it's a little bit, uh, it's overlooked. It's insignificant. It's too much trouble. And that's the corner that this seed fell. The plow used to go there, but it don't go there anymore. It used to be there, but it don't do that anymore. It's just a little bit out of control. It's a little bit too hard to handle. And I don't know about you, but there's some people in my life right now that are just a little bit hard to handle. And they're a little bit tough to deal with. And you gotta sit in parking lots and wait on them. You gotta help them get in and out. You gotta clean up after them. You gotta pick up after them. You gotta do all this. And I'm gonna tell you too, if you don't notice by now, we come into 2022. Fresh start, new beginnings. Good times at Pine Forest. Huh? We called to our first pastor, thankful to it, ready to go on fire, finna be ordained, finna get an ordination service. <laughs> we can't do it, Joey. We can't do it, Chris. We can't do it, Luther. It's all on halt. 2022, fresh start with COVID. Fresh start. Ordination postponed. The whole family sick. Daddy's got cancer. They got it. It's in remission. Coming out of the Proton Center two weeks ago, he falls, breaks his hip. Now we at the orthopedics and, and he fractured his hip. We're doing to do therapy and all this. Now I got to go back to work. I got 10 days of quarantine life. I've got to study for John because you guys are smarter than I am. So I got to be ready for you guys as well. We got doctors and visits and hospitals. We got worries, cares, phone calls, lies, overwhelming. 
And I'm going to tell you, if this is any indication of what 2022 looks like, I'm going to praise the Lord because I am COVID-free. My daddy's got home health now because he fell. He don't have any cancer anymore. His hip was just fractured. It wasn't broken. I can do all things in Christ. I can show up at the doctor's office. I can show up at the radio and treatment. I can show up at work. I can show up on Wednesday nights. And I can show up on Sunday morning and be just as fired up today as I was yesterday because greater is He that is in me than He in the, in the world. And if what I've been through in January of 2022 is any indication of what this year holds, we are more than conquerors in Christ who is in us. We can overcome all things and no weapon formed against us. The doctor told me the greatest defense I have for COVID is in me. I can give you vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, and some zinc, but you're going to have to fight this off, boy. And the Lord says the same thing. I give you this, and I give you that, and I give you this, but I won't put too much on you that you can't handle. You're going to have to fight this off, boy, for the battle belongs to me, not you. And if I can trust you with a little bit, I can trust you with a lot. If we're going to grow it, it's going to have to take some work. And you know what? The plow's got to go the distance. That's what's wrong with the plows. They don't go the distance because the corners are too much trouble. The corners are too much trouble. And we see the good ground. We see the good ground. And what happens in the good ground is is you get distracted because it's so easy. It's so easy to see people smiling and coming and giving. And I just soon plow here. But that ain't what he's called us to do. He's called us to get you, pick up your cross, pick up your plow, and follow me. That's what. So don't get distracted in the good ground. Rejoice. Hey, we plow this joyfully. We plow this excitedly. We plow this expecting to see this out there, bring that in here, and then bring this out there to bring that in this. So, closing with this. Plow this field joyfully knowing that your reward's coming. Don't delay the plow, the fowls will get it. Deepen the plow because when we all plow together, the body of Christ, I've made some apostles, prophets, ministers, you dig them them up, you get it out of them. You get it out of them. Y'all beat it out of me, you get it out of them. The distance of the plow. I know it's aggravating. I know they're aggravating. But go there anyway. Go there anyway. And don't get distracted by this good ground. And don't get distracted by this good ground. As we stand today, we're closing right on time. As we stand, there are dangers. There are dangers to both parables. There are dangers to both parables in the two fields. There are those who can't hear, haven't heard, haven't seen, never seen, and never understand. And that's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. But when they do, but when they finally understand, there's a passage about them in John 20. It said on the morning, of the, on the resurrection morning, Mary went down the path went down the path to the tomb where she was worried about stones being rolled away out of her way and she looked into the tomb 
where the word of life was, and he was gone. And he was gone. And her weeping said, Where have you put him? Where have you laid my Lord? And a voice behind her said, What are you talking about? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And she said, Listen, you don't know what you're talking about. He's, he's here. He's here. I've come to see my Lord. If you, if you moved him, please tell me where you put him. And she looked around and said, Thinking he was the gardener, he said, Mary, the gardener was there the whole time, strowing that seed. And when he said Mary, she hit her knees and wrapped both arms around his legs and held on to him with dear life. And said, Teacher, Rabbi, there's a danger of not understanding what you're hearing. And how can they understand if we don't tell them? But I'm going to tell you what, I'm not preaching to them today, I'm preaching to the church today. I'm preaching to Pine Forest today. And let me tell you this danger. And we're going to close with this, and I hope that it hits your heart. And Jesus said unto the church, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No man who is not willing to set the depth, go the distance, and deliberately plow is no better than the one who never ran down the path to meet the garden. No better. We're in the same boat, guys. You know how I know we're in the same boat? Because during between them two passages, he says, listen, there's some of y'all who haven't heard, seen, or understand. I've given it to you to hear, see, and understand because if you can see, hear, and understand and they know what you're all about, you can make them see, hear, and understand. There's no different in a wayside. We've all been in the wayside. We've all been in the wayside. Amen. Amen. I'll turn to you. Listen, and uh, if there's anything that I learned this week, in the last two weeks, and uh, I'm not beating you guys up, I'm just saying, is that uh, I have, we have two of the greatest deacons that can take care of anything that arises here. That I've made this week. I have one phone call. They said, listen, hey, we got you covered. Don't you worry. We got a clerk that's on top of it. Got a Sunday school teacher that's ready with it. And, uh, and then I'll tell you what else, too, is we've got a congregation right here that can break heaven down. Amen. 
I mean, the minute y'all said online, we are praying, we're praying, I got cards and letters that said, we're praying, it just immediately felt bad. I'm talking about immediately felt bad. I've never felt the love that I feel for you guys in any other congregation that I've ever been in. I'm a young man, I understand that. But that's a compliment. And I thank Brother Luther, I thank Brother Chris, because like I said, I had nothing to worry about. And you didn't either. The church was immediately took care of. I mean, from... And I know y'all know, I know y'all know this because y'all know them longer than I have. But I was amazed at the way that y'all come together and say, you know what, we love you and we got you back. And that makes me feel that. It just makes me. I, and I, so I say this, I love you and I got you back. Great message. Thank you, sir. I wish everybody in the world could hurt. Oh, Amen. Amen. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, business meeting, I think we won short, man. We won short. Okay. So we'll uh, postpone our business meeting for next Sunday. All right. Um, everybody have a good week. Have a good week and, and praise the Lord for everything you have. We are blessed. And don't be concerned about the business meeting. It was just standard. There's nothing pressing as far as right, Brother Chris. That's right. So, so you don't have to wonder what was going on with just our quarterly business meeting. All right. All right, Brother Luther, you're going to dismiss Thank you all for the message you received this morning for Hopefully, we'll take it to our hearts, Lord, and conduct the world out, Thank you for the message, Lord. And just thank you for the way it's sent to us, Lord. We appreciate it so much. And Lord, we just ask you now to go with us. As we leave here today, Lord, just pray with us through this coming week. And help us to come back out on Wednesday night and next Sunday, Lord. Just, we are so thankful for the things that you do, do for us and give us, Lord. That's all the same in my name. Amen. 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 Thank you.